Welcome to the bridge. Kids, we're super glad you're here in church with us. This is Generation Sunday, so if this is your first time at the bridge, this isn't normal. We do this a few times a year. And uh, Generation Sunday, we feel, is really important because uh, research shows that children who see their parents worship are more likely to serve the Lord as adults. And so it's really important for us to bring the kids in a few times a year. And kids, we're super, super glad that you're in here. Okay, well, even though the school year's almost over, I have one more quiz. We're going to take a quiz this morning, okay? Now, listen, grown-ups. The quiz has different levels, so don't participate in the, in the first level of the quiz, okay? I'm going to show you a picture, and you it's your job to tell me the name of the person that you see... And then the advanced level is going to be telling the other name of the person. So let's have our first test slide. Does anybody know who this is? Spider-Man. Very good. Okay, is there anybody who knows the real name? Raise your hand if you know the real name. Say it out together. Okay, let's see if you're right. Congratulations. You can get your candy after service. All right, let's have the next one. Who's that, Ian? Ian, who's that? Superman. And what's Superman's real name? Clark Kent. All right, next one. Who's this? How many of you, your favorite superhero is Wonder Woman? Thompson, you are the man. You are the man. And what is Wonder Woman's real name? Mommy. Mommy. <laughs> I will not argue with that one. I will not argue with that one. <laughs> Is there another name of Wonder Woman? Diana. Diana Prince. That was in the movie anyway, right? Let's have the next one. Oh, Batman. <laughs> and what's Batman's real name? Bruce Wayne. Very good. Okay, we have one more, I think. Iron Man. What's Iron Man's real name? Man, you're really good at this. He needs some candy. He's really, he's really good. All right, you guys did better at that than I thought you were going to, to be honest. Well, today we're going to tell a story about a guy in the Bible who had two names just like a superhero. So some of us, when we came in today, we put our favorite superhero on our name tag. And some of us like to think that we have two different selves. Like we have our own normal self, and then we have this superhero inside of us. But today we're going to talk about a guy in the Bible who really had two names. One of his names was Saul of Tarsus. Can you guys say Saul? Saul of Tarsus. By the way, grown-ups, if this is your first time, we don't talk like this every week in the sermon. This is special for the kids. Saul of Tarsus. And Saul of Tarsus had another name, which was Paul. Did you know that? I didn't even call on you. I'm so sorry. I'll call on you later. Paul the Apostle. So, but his name wasn't changed. His life was changed. His whole life was changed by Jesus. And so the superheroes that we looked at, they operated in two different worlds. Some of them had a job during the day and then they were superheroes at, at night or when there was a problem, they were superheroes. Saul 
grew up as a Jewish man and he had a Hebrew name. His Hebrew name was Saul. But when Jesus changed his life and he started to share the gospel, he realized that he needed another name in order to share the story of Jesus with the people he was reaching. So he took on a Greek name and started to be called Paul. And we're going to hear the story of how Jesus changed Saul's life so that he became known as Paul the Apostle. And we have a super special thing that's about to happen. I don't know how special it's going to be, but we're about to find out. Our youth pastor, David, is going to come and tell us the story of Paul's transformation. Okay, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to tell the story uh, by myself. I need some volunteers uh, to help me. So can I have... Uh, a couple of hands up for volunteers. Yep, guys. Okay, uh, anyone else want to volunteer? I need three more volunteers. Thank you, Nathan. Brilliant. Great, thanks for volunteering. Um, Patrick, come as well. Uh, okay, come on, come down. Uh, one more. Uh, do you want to, yep, come, run, run. Okay, brilliant. Okay, so... We have got our four, four main characters uh, of the story. Firstly, we have Paul uh, and his helpers. So, Paul, helpers, over here. Come on, uh, And then, guys, you will, you will come across at some point. Okay, so, meanwhile, uh, Saul was still breathing out murderous threats against the Lord's disciples. Paul was really angry. Let's look more angry. Okay. He went to the high priest and asked him for letters uh, to the synagogues in Damascus so that that if he found anyone who uh, belonged to the way, whether men or women, he might take them as prisoners to Jerusalem. As he neared Damascus on his journey, suddenly a light, so he was on his journey, suddenly a light from heaven flashed around him and he fell to the ground and he heard a voice from heaven say to him, Who are you? Oh, sorry. Saul, Saul. Why do you persecute me? Thank you. Uh, I am Saul. (laughs) Who are you, Lord? (laughs) I am Jesus. I am Jesus who you are persecuting, he replied. Now get up and go into the city. And you will be told what you must do. The men travelling with Saul stood there speechless. They heard the sound but did not see anyone. Saul got up from the ground, but when he opened his eyes, he couldn't see anything. So, so his helpers, so his helpers led them. Uh, so, okay, so his help his helpers led him into the city. Nathan, do you want to be in the city? For three days he was blind and did not eat or drink anything. The Lord told him, go to the house of Judas on Straight Street and ask for a man from Tarsus named Saul, for he he is praying. In a vision he has seen a man named Ananias come and place his hands on him to restore his sight. Lord, Ananias answered. I've heard many reports about this man and all the harm he has done to your holy people in Jerusalem. And he has come here with authority from the chief priests to arrest all who call on your name. 
But the Lord said to Ananias, Go, this man is my chosen instrument to proclaim my name to the Gentiles and their kings and to the people of Israel. I will show him how much he must suffer for my name. Then Ananias went to the house and entered it, placing his hands on Saul. He said, Brother, Saul, the Lord Jesus, who appeared to you on the road as, as you were coming here, has sent me so that you may be filled with the Holy Spirit. Immediately, something like scales fell from Saul's eyes, and he could see again. He got up and was baptized, and after taking some food, he regained his strength. Thank you very much. So what we learn, what we learn from the story of Saul is that God can change my story. Everybody say, God can change my story. God can change my story story even if I have made mistakes. Can you guys say that? Say, God can change my story even if even if I've made mistakes. So does anybody remember what was the bad thing that Saul was doing? What was the bad thing he was doing? Does anybody remember from the story? Yeah. He was killing Christians. He was hurting Christians. Can we give him some candy? He was hurting the Christians. That's a really, really bad thing, isn't it? That's like the worst thing you can do. Saul was so concerned that people believed in Jesus that he was hurting them. And he went to go get permission so that he could even punish more Christians. And do you know that there's places in the world today where it's really scary to be a Christian? Did you know that, Ian? Yeah, you knew that? You're so smart. Some of you might come from countries where it's dangerous to be a Christian because someone might hurt you for following Jesus. And Saul was making the Christians scared. Because he was hurting them. But I want you to know that there's nothing, there's nothing so bad that you can do that God can't forgive you and use your life for his glory. There's no mistake that's too big for God to love you and to use your lives. Even though Saul was a really, really bad guy, God didn't give up on Saul. You know what? Saul was really good at being a bad guy. In a lot of these superhero movies that we see, there's always a bad guy, and the bad guy is really good at his job, right? The bad guy's really good at being a bad guy. Saul was really good at being a bad guy. He knew a lot of information. He knew how to be a bad guy. But when Jesus changed his life, he didn't erase Saul's mind. Saul didn't forget all the information he knew, but God used that to make Paul really effective for serving Jesus. So I want you to know that you can trust that God has given you everything you need for this season of your life. And you can trust that God is using this season of your life to give you what you need for the next season. God never wastes our time. God never wastes our time. He's always intentional with us. So say, God can change my story, God can change my story. even if I've made mistakes. The next thing we're going to talk about is God can change my story. Say it. Because there are always people who love me. God didn't leave Saul all alone, did he? He sent him his friend. Does anybody remember what Saul's friend was named? Does anybody remember? 
We have it in the back. Ananias, that's right. His friend's name was Ananias. God spoke, God loved Saul so much that he spoke to Ananias and he said, go and go and pray for Saul and go and talk to Saul because I want to use his life for my glory. Sometimes God needs to change our lives and he uses other people to help change our lives. How many of you kids go to Bridge Kids every Sunday? How many of you guys go to Bridge Kids in here? Thompson goes, Xander, you go to Bridge Kids. How many of you, God has used the teachers in Bridge Kids to tell you things about Jesus and to pray for you? That's what your teachers do there, don't they? God always sends people into our lives to help us grow closer to Jesus. And sometimes God sends us to help a friend or to pray for a friend. And what happened when Ananias, God told Ananias to go pray for Saul. And Ananias said, God, are you crazy? Are you crazy? If I go and pray for Saul, he's going to hurt me. He's going to kill me. This is a dangerous guy. I can't go pray for him. And God says, you go because I have a plan for Saul's life. And you know what? It's okay to feel scared when God asks us to do something. It's even okay to feel scared if God asks us to pray for someone or to say nice things to them. It's okay to feel scared. But it's really exciting to be part of God's plan in someone else's life. So then Ananias meets Paul. And in verse 17, he comes, to, he comes to Saul and he says, Brother Saul. He calls Saul his brother. Even though he's afraid of him and even though he's never met Saul, he calls Saul his brother. You know what? Sometimes when we've made a lot of mistakes and when we've hurt a lot of people, sometimes we believe that God could forgive us because he has to. But sometimes we have a hard time believing that other people can forgive us and love us when we're in the middle of all of our mistakes and when we've done some really bad things. And sometimes we come to church every week and people say, how are you doing? And we say, I'm doing fine. I'm doing fine. And we don't want to show people the real side of us because we're afraid if we do that, nobody will love us. I don't know if you've ever been there. I've been there before. But the truth is that there are always people who love us. And Saul had really, really hurt some people. And when Ananias called him brother Saul, and he put his hands on Saul and he prayed for him, then Saul realized not only what it was to be loved by Jesus, but also to be loved by the followers of Jesus. And it says that the followers of Jesus came along Saul and they became his friends. And the truth is sometimes when people hurt us, we want them to be punished for it. Sometimes we kind of like it when people get what's coming to them, right? Um, A few years ago, I was in the U.S. I was traveling a lot, and I was driving. If we have any, like, pre-drivers here, learn from my sins. I was driving a lot, and, you know, I like to... I like to drive fast, okay? I like, to, I like to get where I'm going as fast as I can. And I was driving along in the left lane in my beige SUV, and this red Mustang came up behind me. And he was like, I could just tell he wanted me to get over. So I got over, and I was so mad because that red Mustang, he drove so much faster than me, and I wanted to be the fastest person. And then a few miles up the road... I saw the red Mustang on the side of the road with a police car behind it. And he was getting a speeding ticket. And I said, oh, Lord, vengeance is yours. You do not let us down. You you fight our battles. I was so glad to see that Mustang pulled over and punished for their sins. But when I was driving a little bit too fast, if I would pass a police car, I would always say, oh, Lord, you are full of mercy and compassion. (laughs) 
you do not treat us as our sins deserve. Your mercies are due every morning. And I would just pray that the police wouldn't get me in trouble. And I would always say, Lord, I'll do better next time. And then I would forget. You know, I would forget. But sometimes we like other people to be punished for what they do. But when we do something bad, we always hope that we don't get the punishment that our sins deserve. And so sometimes when there's a person around us and they're a new Christian or they are our friend or they used to be our friend, we have to remember that God has shown us grace and we have to love people. When someone believes in Jesus, they become part of our family. They become part of our family. That's why we do Generation Sunday. Most Sundays, the kids are downstairs and the adults are upstairs. But sometimes we have to get together, like at Christmas dinner or Easter dinner, where everybody's at the same table and the kids have food on their faces and they're spilling their drinks and the adults are like, we can't talk about politics because the children are at the table. That's what Sundays like this are for because we're all a family and it's important for us to come together as a family. It's important for us to be part of the church because God uses us to help each other. God uses us to bring each other closer to the plan that he has for us. Sometimes, sometimes we've made mistakes that are so big that we're afraid to come back to Jesus. And sometimes we've made mistakes that are so big that we're afraid to come back to church. But we have to trust the love of Jesus through the people of God. We have to trust that people will show us love, and God will always send someone to love us when we open ourselves up to his work in our lives. So let's say that one more time. Say, God can change my story, God can change my story. because there are always people who love me. All right, next one, say this with me. God can change my story, God can change my story. because he has a plan for my life. Let's say that one more time. God can change my story. Because he has a plan for my life. Okay, we're going to play a quick game. Adults, you can play too. I want you to stand up if you were born in France. If you were born in France, stand up. I love being in an international church. Look at that tiny pocket of people. Born in France, stand up. All right, sit back down. If you were born somewhere other than France, stand up. If you were not born in France. Wow. Truly international. Okay, sit back down. Stand up if you speak French at school or work. If your school or your work is in French, stand up. If you speak, if you're speaking French all day long. Okay, sit back down. If you are not speaking French at school or work, if you're speaking English or another language, go ahead and stand up. Okay, sit back down. Stand up if you have lived in France for more than 10 years. Okay, sit back down. Stand up if you have lived in France for between 5 and 10 years. Wow, you've got a lot of new people here. Okay, sit back down and stand up if you've lived in France for less than 5 years. There it is. All right. See, you never feel bad if you're new at the bridge because like... Half of the church is always new. So the thing, with, the thing with Saul is Saul was born into the Jewish world. He was raised in the Jewish uh, tradition, and he knew the law really well. But when God changed his life, he started to work with people from a different culture than his own. So some of us might be here in France, and for me, I have my home culture, which is the U.S., and then I have 
French culture. And sometimes it can feel like our home culture and the culture we're in are at odds with each other. But Saul reminds us that God has uniquely equipped us to be effective wherever we find ourselves. God has uniquely equipped us because the thing is, it's not just my American culture or my French culture that defines me. It's my relationship with Jesus that defines my culture. So when we come at it through a lens of who Jesus is, all of a sudden we become effective wherever God plants us. It doesn't matter where you're from or where you're going next. God has a plan for your life. God has a plan for your life in this season And God has a plan for your life in the next season. So in verses 19 through 22 of this same uh, story, it says that Paul begins to preach the message of Jesus. I think we have those verses. So it says, Saul spent several days with the disciples in Damascus. At once, Paul began to preach in the synagogues. That Jesus is the son of God. So imagine, he was the one saying that that Jesus was not true. He was the one saying that Christianity was dangerous. And all of a sudden, he gets up and starts preaching that Jesus is the son of God. All those who heard him were astonished and asked, Isn't he the man who raised havoc in Jerusalem among those who call on his name? And hasn't he come here to take them as prisoners to the chief priests? Yet Saul grew more and more powerful and baffled the Jews living in Damascus by proving that Jesus is the Messiah. In Acts chapter 13, Saul begins to be known as Paul the Apostle and is referred to as that from then on. Paul was still Saul, but his direction had totally shifted and God began to redeem the things in his life that had held him back. He was willing to change his name so he could preach to the people that he was called to preach to. So when Saul met Jesus, everything changed. Everything changed. And I want you to know that Jesus can change your life too. I want to give you something to remind you of what God can do in your life. Can you guys see this? It's a little bit small. Does anybody know what this is? It's a glow stick. What do you have to do to make a glow stick glow? Do you know? You have to break it. That's right. Sometimes when we have an encounter with Jesus, we can feel ah, we can feel like he's breaking us. When Jesus made Saul blind on the road and Saul didn't eat for 3 days, he he must have thought, "Man, I'm being punished for all of my sins." He must have felt like Jesus was breaking him. But sometimes what we feel like is breaking is actually God releasing us into the plan he has for our lives. A glow stick can't glow if it's not changed, right? We have to break it, and when you break it, then it releases light into dark places. So today we're going to give all of you a glow stick and you can break it and make it glow. But when you look at the glow stick, I want you to remember that just like we can see a glow stick change, Jesus can totally change our lives so that we're never the same again. And all of a sudden, everywhere we go and everything we do, people can see the light of Jesus shining through us. And when that happens, other people's lives start to be changed as well. Hey, this is Kelly, lead pastor of the Bridge International Church. We hope you enjoyed this week's message from the Bridge. 
If you'd like more information about The Bridge, or if you'd like to get in touch with us, visit us at thebridgeparis.com. Thank you.